Hello, everybody, and welcome to Talking Games. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Justin Townsend. Hello. Hugh Perry. Hello. And Kelsey, you're going to have to say your last name for me until I can <laughs> I can get it right. So, Kelsey. Lavati. Lavati. Okay, that's not, that's yeah. not, that's not that bad. Like, each I, is silent. It doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> Bobby and I, when I asked for your last name to put it in the post of this show, I looked at your last name and was like, I'm not going to be able to say that. That's going to be fun. <laughs> The body's not that bad. I, I, I think I could do that. Yeah, just pretend the H isn't there. That's a good. That's good. That's a good one. Um, Kelsey, pretend the H isn't there. Lavati. That's thank you. That'll be that'll be your, your nickname for the show. Uh, so yeah, we've got a we've got a full a full cast here. Uh, chain big changes for for talking games. Uh, this is our first time, I think, really doing uh, regular hosts over Skype. That's a big change for for Justin and, and I on, on this one. But it, it's really exciting because we have two new uh, cast members going forward. And we have more um, announcements to come later. But for, for now, uh, Kelsey and Hugh, uh, I'm going to start with Hugh, actually. Why don't you kind of introduce yourself, let the people at home know what kind of game, what, what game consoles you have and what kind of games you like to play. Okay, um, I am Hugh Parry, I am 35, <laughs> um, I'm 5 foot 11. You're going too deep, uh, Hugh. <laughs> oh, okay. no, not, go, a per- not a personal ad. Go deeper. I am, I'm the, <laughs> that's what you always say, Justin. Um, I am the editor-in-chief at Talking Trousers. Um, I've been gaming for literally as long as I can remember going back to right when games were on cassette tapes, if any of you kids know what they are. Um, I currently own, console-wise, just a PlayStation 4, and I also have a PC which I use for games that aren't particularly um, stressful on the terrible graphics card that are in it. Um... And I reckon probably sometime next year I will be back into the Nintendo way of things once the Switch comes out. And we'll be talking about that. Mm -hmm. Because Justin Um, and I, with magnificent timing last week, recorded a podcast mere hours before they announced the Switch. (laughs) True to form. Um, And as far as my favorite type of games go, um, I think these days I... I think in terms of the most enjoyment I get out of games, really, I I do like a good like third person action adventure type Uncharted slash Tomb Raider thing, and I think normally when people ask me what my favorite game is, I usually say The Last of Us. So yeah, that's me. All right, Kelsey, what about you? Uh, hi, I'm Kelsey. Uh, twenty four. I live in Montreal, Canada. Um, how tall I start, how tall am I? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, five, seven and a half, I think. Last time I checked. I didn't know you were from Canada, Kelsey, but I began to suspect it when I saw that 75% of your tweets were about hockey. So did I. <laughs> I was going to ask and then I, think I decided not to. The accent gave, gave it away as well. <laughs> Yes, I'm a Canadian stereotype. I love hockey. I breathe hockey. I played hockey till I was 18 years old. Uh, one of my bigger passions in life. Uh, in terms of consoles, I have a PS4, a Wii U. Hold on, I'm trying to look at my TV. A Wii U, and I have my 3DS. 
And I also use my Mac when games are available on it. Uh, my favorite type of games are more platformers. I enjoy platform games, so that's why I have two Nintendo consoles. Um, and my favorite game, it's like you, I typically say uh, The Last of Us. It was the only scary game I've ever played and the only um, sort of like first-person shootery game I played uh, before Overwatch. So, yeah. All right. So two <laughs> Last of Us favorite games i wouldn't have i wouldn't have guessed that but that's awesome though that's awesome so we have we have more story based uh fans obviously uh, yeah if loving the last of us so uh kelsey what has been the wii u has been a a, a struggling console what has been your favorite game on the wii u <laughs> um i've always loved mario kart um, I really liked Super Smash Bros. All right. And I'm trying to look at the games. I hated Zelda. Um, Controversial. <laughs> no, the well, the one that ke- I didn't like it. Sorry. Wait, which Zelda? Uh, All of them. I, <laughs> I can't <laughs> go see ahead. it. If you're, if you're gonna here. if you're gonna dive into those waters, just dive headfirst right in. <laughs> Wait, which Zelda? No, because I uh, hold on. I have to look. It wasn't Zelda Wii U. It was the other one. What was it called? Oh, wait. The one for Wii? Skyward Sword? Was it that? No. It was... No. Did you turn into a wolf? No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, guys. It, it wasn't Wind Waker. It was the other one. So I don't know which one that is. Oh, it's Twilight, Prin- Twilight, I got Twilight Princess? Probably. <laughs> yeah. That was the other HD remake. Because there hasn't been a new Zelda on the Wii U yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's that. Yeah. And I hated it. So I, I had to get rid of it. Because I couldn't find it on my TV and I realized that I got rid of it. Mm. Um, and then the other one was Super Mario 3D. Yeah, that Three was worlds. great. Three Worlds, great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That one was amazing. Yeah. That game is one, uh, a classic because it, it, for the first like eight worlds or so, you're like, oh, this isn't that, this isn't that hard. And then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like, boom, it just exponentially gets harder and harder. Did you try to master it? No, 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 no. Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was the worst. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not try to master it. I, I realized that after I got to those like more advanced levels, you know, after you like you beat the game and the, and then it unlocks like the the rest of the levels, I realized yeah. that I went from having about eighty five lives to having six in probably <laughs> two or three levels. The more I look back at well, that game, I found a cheat in one of the levels. If you like jumped on the. Tr- like the um, one of the shells in a specific spot in an underwater cave, you kept jumping up and down, and you would keep getting a hundred lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, it was like my go-to. Yeah, I looked up that cheat and then tried to do it and couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you wanted to? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say the the more I look at back at that game in hindsight, I realize how like absolutely phenomenal it was. I still think about playing it all the time. I, I don't ever want to play it though when I have like a bunch of people over because that's. When it's it's at it's at its most chaotic and yes. also most fun. No, at its most chaotic is the correct term. Playing that <laughs> game with multiple people is the most frustrating thing in the entire world. If you want to actually play a Mario game, I suppose. <laughs> it's but who who's wearing the crown at the end of the stage? That's all that matters. Mm, yeah, it's true. It was never me. <laughs> never. <laughs> uh, that game is awesome because it, every like le- there's like bespoke single one off levels that are amazingly intricate and they only exist in one, you know, one level of one world, um, which, which is pretty amazing. Um, they, they do stuff like that. 
uh, yeah, so that, that, that game is great. The Wii U's had some great games, but it's only had a few games, so that's really the main problem with, with, yeah, the, with ex- the Wii U. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but speaking of uh, Nintendo... Segway. Segway. Uh, <laughs> two weeks ago now, so it's like ancient history at this point. Uh, good they, job, us. Yeah, good job, us. They Well, to be fair to <laughs> us, they said they were going to announce it after we had finished recording the podcast. Sure. I got home from recording, and I, 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 there was a on Twitter like maybe an hour later. It was like Nintendo was going to announce this, the new console in five hours. I was like, "Well, okay, <laughs> well that's going to be old news by the time we by the time we, we talk about it again." But yeah, Nintendo announced the the Nintendo Switch uh, code w- was formerly codenamed the NX, um, and it is what people seemingly what people expected it to be, which is a home console portable hybrid that uh, allows you to dock the sort of unit uh, on a TV dock um, and play it on your television with, with uh, what seems like a few different kind of controller options and we'll get we'll get into those um, but also just take it on the go you just take it on the go and play it uh, away from your TV with the same game same supposedly same quality that you're playing on your TV and they showed people just in the middle of not even pausing the game just the middle of the game, walking up, grabbing the thing out of the dock, and walking off with it. Um, celebrated very attractive but highly antisocial people who could not leave their game console alone. Also, <laughs> young people who are incredibly rich. Yes, incredibly. I hate Nintendo commercials. <laughs> All amazing apartments. Uh, but hang on while I, hang on while I look out. I look out my roof to my friends on having their rooftop party. Yeah. <laughs> come over here come to the rooftop party all right i just gotta bring mario with me um so God damn it, Karen. <laughs> so they they showed off a there was no you know voiceover no even text really saying anything it was just a bunch of vignettes of people playing different games in different situations uh a couple of very notable things uh, obviously they showed you know zelda breath of the wild which we knew was coming to Wii U, um, at, coming to the NX, now the Switch, um, in March, at, at or around launch. So we knew that already, but they showed off a couple of moments of a new Mario game. Um, they showed off Skyrim running. Lots of Skyrim. Lots of Skyrim running on the thing. Like NBA 2K16 or 17, I guess, running on the, on the machine. Uh, some either ported or new Splatoon uh, game. Same thing with Mario Kart. Um, and I think that was basically That's it. that was it, right? Yeah. Of the games that they showed off, but, but the big selling point obviously is the fact that you can take it off that base, play it anywhere, and it has detachable controllers that you can play. You can either separate and use almost like a nunchuck and Wii remote, except they're just traditional controllers, uh, or you can actually split them up between people to play like Mario Kart or something like that. Um, we know now that the screen is apparently six point two inches and is 720p so that's official from uh not official it's from Eurogamer, but they broke all the other stories about it and so they seem pretty confident about that story uh and that's all we really know we know that january 12th that they're going to do a big unveil with the the game current game lineup uh price and exact release date right now we only know that it's coming in march march so yeah so uh the commercial has been viewed um millions and millions of times if you haven't you should check it out um, so you know exactly what we're talking about because we'll probably be referencing a bunch here. But uh, I wanted to ask, uh, Hugh, you mentioned in sort of your intro that you'd be getting back into maybe get back to Nintendo. Uh, how did you feel about the, the commercial? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I, it was quite funny because I think on the day of the um, they released that trailer, I think I texted you saying I I'm probably not gonna get it because I've fallen off the Nintendo wagon. Um, but I'm always excited when Nintendo announce something new because they're always like quite inventive and stuff. And then I remember watching the trailer and then texting you going, "I'm getting this thing." <laughs> um, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Like I, th- I think it's um, Nintendo. Like I was a bit frustrated with the Wii U because I think it was carrying on the same mistakes that um, the Wii made. As much I, I enjoyed that to an extent. But I think this is much more of a a simple um, message from Nintendo. This does this. It's a it's a games console. We're not trying to do any like overly complicated with it. Um, the word on the wind from the the big wigs at Nintendo is that they're fully aware of the fact that one one of their big downfalls and one of the things that really disappointed me with Nintendo in recent years is just the complete lack of consistency when it comes to quality games being released for their consoles and they've said that um that is going to be addressed with the Switch mm-hmm. um but you mean, yeah, you, mean just, third, I, you mean third party stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. you know obviously mm-hmm. you know Nintendo have their handful of like first party titles like Mario and Zelda and so on and so forth and you know, I'm I'm more than happy to wait for those games because they're always, you know, by and large, really, really good. Um, but yeah, it just looks like something that is going to be a really fun new way to play your games. Like I, I, if it comes off and enough people buy it, which I think is that might be the first stumbling block, but you know because they have kind of fallen behind in the console thing. Um, is having enough... If you've got enough people who can bring their screens to you and just the ability to have, you know, five, six, seven, eight people over to your house and they've all got their screens with you and you can have, like, an eight-person Mario Kart tournament just, you know, on the hop. Um, or... You know, say like one year if I come over to New York and I bring mine with me and you guys bring yours into the city and we're in the beer authority and we're, you know, as well as sort of drinking and chatting, we're sort of swapping around, playing whatever games we can find for it with a bunch of our friends and stuff like that. That's that I I think could be something really cool. And in terms of like social gaming could could be a real, really cool, you know, sidestep and and a new aspect of gaming so yeah um, i I think nintendo have done a good job of not so much sort of out and out saying that they understand where they where they went wrong in recent years but i think with this they've actually they're putting out more of a clear message and saying yeah this is this is what it is it's either on your tv or, or this thing and you know, we're gonna have some as well as our own games, big game. You know, big games like M- NBA and Skyrim and stuff like that. And it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually excited for for a Nintendo console again, which is a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kelsey, you are obviously from your thing a huge Nintendo fan. You have both of two Nintendo consoles. How did you feel about this announcement? 
I was really excited. I was uh, looking forward to the new console specifically because nothing really unique uh, was happening with the Wii U. I mean, every time they released a 3DS game, it was pretty much on the Wii U. Uh, Super Smash, Mario Kart. So I was looking forward to see um, something like new. And they were t they were saying that it was going to change the way Nintendo gamed and stuff like that. And they always tend to do things differently from the other companies. So I knew that it was it was going to be weird. Um, I just have problems. One, because my 3DS, when I take it out, it could pro it's old now. So it could probably last me maybe th three hours, four hours, a plane mm -hmm. ride. Yeah. Um, and I'm worried about how long the portability is for the controllers of this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just bringing it out. Um, cause let's say you play, it reminds me a lot of, uh, my iPhone. And if I bring my iPhone out and I play a game, it kills my battery Yeah, of my phone. So I'm worried about that just because of what just with the differences between my phone and my Nintendo 3DS. Mm -hmm. um, how, but however, like taking, let's say I'm, this is like what I've heard so much is like their example, taking Pokemon from a portable thing to playing it at home on my computer screen. Mm -hmm. That I'm into. I'm into seeing that. Um, I'm into trying out the different joysticks. Like there's a lot smaller. And the main thing I hated about the Wii U was the huge control pad. I hated that. <laughs> I had to go buy myself uh, the pro controllers because I absolutely could not play with it. Yeah. So having smaller joysticks was pro will probably feel a lot better. It might, you know, take me back to like old, older, con they've always had weird controllers now that i think about it yeah but <laughs> it'll take me back to like just having like nothing too extensive like large and complicating to use like every time i would tap the screen by accident it would you know screw something up it was annoying um but i do like like you said like bringing it um bringing it to my friend's house like you could always bring your controllers but you either had to plug them in um connect them so i'm hoping like maybe with these it'll be easier it seemed easy mm -hmm. but i mean the lives of these kids in this commercial <laughs> seem so easy anyways yeah um but i am excited for the uh third party uh partners that they have like they released a whole uh like sample sheet mm -hmm. and that looked cool and i noticed that there was just dance so i'm wondering maybe if the controllers are also um oh sorry i don't know the word motion like controllers movement. yeah yes, motion controllers exactly. yeah 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 that's a it big question i think um, for everybody because both motion and touch no, neither one of them are shown off in that trailer and that's obviously been a big part of their last two generations of consoles yes. so it'll be fascinating to see what that equals up to justin i mean you have a wii u uh, because you buy every console because we're crazy people crazy um, <laughs> <laughs> but and and you obviously like nintendo games mario maker was your favorite game of of last year but i from what i sense i get from you is you're not like a nintendo diehard fan 
Um, so how do you feel about this console? What, when you saw the trailer, what did you take away from it? Yeah, I'm not a Nintendo fanboy by any mean, uh, shapes or means. Um, it was funny. I watched it. I watched it and I texted you immediately and you and I had a very long conversation and I was like, we should just post this somewhere (laughs) to Twitter so people can get our thoughts on this thing. I came away super impressed. Um, You know, I, I, I I like the fact that they're pulling in third party support or they're at least making the effort to, yes, let's see, let's see outside of launch, how long these companies stick around because you remember at at the launch of the Wii U, Ubisoft was there, WB was there, they mm-hmm. had, you know, they came out with that armored edition, EA was there with Mass Effect, mm-hmm. and then they all kind of slowly disappeared, except for Ubisoft, who just kind of like hangs around yeah, on the fringes. For sure. Um, but hey, I mean, I said to you, From is on there, and th- I mean, that's not on there for no reason. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what, what comes from that. Um, judging it just, just from looks, though, I, I came away like really impressed and like I, I want to buy one on day one. Um, I said to you, like, I think it's the perfect thing for me to put in Jorah's hands to, like, try and get him into video games because he's, like, at, like, that perfect age right now where I could start, like, kind of start molding him in the shape that I want. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, he, he's, like, he likes the handheld stuff. He likes playing on iPhones and stuff. So, you know, under supervision so he can't, like, throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, put the Switch in his hand and, and let him play, like, that new Mario game or, like, you know, other games that come out. But I was also excited for, like, you know, I'm going to be taking a flight at the end of the year. And so if I can get on there and play Zelda... Um, I'll actually play a Zelda game this year and, you know, sit on the plane for, you know, four to six hours. Um, I know Kelsey would mention the battery life. There's lots of rumors about what it's going to be. And they said they're, you know, the rumors have come anywhere between like four and six hours, Mm -hmm. which would be fine by me because I'm not going on a plane to like Australia. Mm -hmm. Um, or I'm not going to be out with it all the time. It's going to be more of a home console for me. Um, but I can see where that would come into problems for other people. Like I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about a new Mario. I'm like legitimately excited about trying a Zelda game because I've never really sat down and played one before. Um, I want to play Splatoon. Like they they showed Splatoon and yeah. like Nintendo was doing an esports thing. What? <laughs> Which they kind of like not, they didn't like hint at it, but they were like, oh, at the end, like we have people in an arena mm-hmm. watching esports. Like that's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't ever really get behind it with Smash Brothers. No, 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 they don't. So it was weird for that to be in the commercial. Yeah. So like, I like, I came away like really impressed. I showed a bunch of people the trailer. I showed my parents the trailer. I was like, look, at, look how cool this stupid thing is. <laughs> um, I think the controllers are neat. Um, I also hate the Wii U gamepad and would throw it out the window if I could, if it wasn't so stupid necessary <laughs> for the console. So I like, I, they showed like a an Xbox designs Pro controller. They moved mm-hmm. away from their own design from uh, the Wii U. You know, yeah. thumbsticks. One on the top, one on the bottom, just like the 360s. Yeah. Um, I think the I don't know what they call it, the Joy-Con, the Joy-Con grip, the Joy-Con grip, which is yeah. like a a base that you can put the, so the controllers even, into. Yeah, I don't explain. So like when when you take it on the go, it looks like a smaller version of the Wii U tablet, um, and it's got you know thumbsticks on the sides. Um, we should say no D-pad on the controller. Which is so weird. Which is very weird. Um, but it's because it's got. It's got like C buttons um, on on the left Which side. Which makes sense because if you're taking the controllers off to do this Mario Kart thing where two people are going to be playing, you can't have one person having buttons and the other person have a, a D pad. Right, exactly. So, um, so there's so those and so each side has and the other side obviously has the analog stick and the four face buttons. So you use that. You can use those on like a grip 
that you, at home and you can then take them off the grip and the grip obviously has some sort of technology in it because like they he puts it on there and the in the commercial and they're like lights pop up and stuff like there's lights on it and stuff so obviously it's not just like it's not just a housing port. it's not just, not just a cradle um I'm, so the people are wondering is that a touchpad blah, blah, whatever no one knows yet um and uh you can then put them onto the sides of that uh tablet and that's what you play on and then you can take those off and use those as one half for each person to do controllers for each person to do the thing um yeah it's, there's a lot of like they, they go through a ton of use cases in that commercial and for me like will i use most of those use cases no it'll probably mostly stay in that dock uh by my tv but i, I look forward to the fact that I've, if i want to play it in bed or something i can just take that thing off and go lay in bed and and, and play with it uh i wonder uh, questions for me is you know they've obviously been kind of cagey about what this means for development for their other two consoles. I mean, they've basically put Wii U out to pasture, and but they're still hedging their bets with 3DS because they have games they want to sell. Um, obviously, they have a Pokemon game coming out very, very soon, and they don't want to be telling people, like, this is also it for the 3DS, but it seems like they're unifying development. So, like Kelsey said, the fact that I might be able to play Pokemon or Fire Emblem or stuff, stuff like Monster that, Hunter. Monster Hunter on a television... Which has been my main barrier to playing them. I mean, I have a 3DS, but I don't love playing it. You know, I'd rather sit there on my if I'm gonna because I don't have a commute or anything like that. So if I'm gonna be at home, I want to be playing on my television. Um, so to be able to play those there would be cool. I, I'm wondering how much. Obviously, when they sell the console, it's gonna be that thing and the dock it, together. The I'm, I wonder if they'll have like a, a thing where you can get the Pro controller with it if you want to. Yeah, we'll have like two versions of it where you can get the Pro. Probably. I'm wondering if they'll sell the dock separately as well, so you could put like if you wanted to have it in multiple TVs in in your house, you know, you can switch between TVs. That'd I wonder. Be smart. Uh, yeah, and I'm wondering how like if there's anything in that in that dock that ties it to the particular Switch pad that you have. Oh, that would be terrible. I'm just it's Nintendo, so I realize <laughs> I, you know I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. Yeah, so I'm just wondering all those things, but for me, it's very exciting to see they're obviously they're pushing third party games in their in their first promo for for the thing that list. Yes, they put out a list with the Wii U. It's like double the size for the Switch as far as people who are supporting it goes. Um, I think if if it's close enough to the other consoles. Um, to make ports easy, then you'll see a lot of stuff coming to all three. Um, but I still think it's going to be mostly a Nintendo machine, you know, that is meant to be the second console that you own and not the only console that you own. I still think it's going to be that type of thing. Yeah, which is fine by me. Yeah, totally, totally. But I think it looks mm-hmm. really cool. Um, and then it's so funny because we, when we when we were talking two weeks ago. We were like, oh, tomorrow they're going to have that Red Dead trailer. We're not going to be able to talk about it for, for two weeks. And then they announced the Nintendo thing was coming. The Nintendo thing came and just completely overshadowed Red Dead. the Red Dead uh, Which had Redemption. ruled the internet for yes. the previous three days. Um, the thing, they put out a trailer. The trailer's gorgeous. Uh, it doesn't tell you anything. It's more of a mood and setting type of, type of trailer. You get some character shots, but you don't really see any faces, so you can't really identify any characters. Um, and, and so we don't really know what what the deal is going to be uh, for that. There, I don't think there's too much to say about it at, the, at this moment more than we said last time about just being excited for the game. Yep. Uh, but the trailer's out there. Check it out. When, when we know more, more about the game, we'll uh, we'll talk about it some more. Uh, but I want to get into games that we're playing now because there's a lot of stuff. There are so many video games. So much stuff to talk about. Um, Anyone would have thought Christmas was coming or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on this show. So I think that... 
myself, Justin, and Hugh have all played Battlefield One. Yes. Um, which Correct. I was speaking with uh, one of my coworkers today, and I said I've been playing Battlefield One. Um, and he plays games, but he doesn't like follow games very closely. And he's like, "Oh, is it like a remake of an old Battlefield game?" And I was like, "No, it's the new Battlefield game. It's just, it's just naming video games is really stupid." Super stupid. It's super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really dumb, dumb name. Um, but anyway, Battlefield One. Uh, this this past week, or this week going on right now, I think it's all across America. There's a, the buy two get one free deal at Target for yes. video games they do every year. Uh, and which please remind us that they're going to do this next year <laughs> because we ended up buying a bunch of games right before it came out that we didn't have, you got, you bought XCOM and stuff before right? I bought XCOM. I bought Tomb Raider. Yeah. I saw the Bioshock collection, which I haven't started yet. It's like, <laughs> dear God, <laughs> but, uh, ended up getting battlefield in, in that deal and, um, ended up sinking some time to it. But Justin, you were, you put a lot of time into the beta, right? Uh, yeah. A- a good amount of time. Yeah. So you were excited about it. How did the game live up to your feelings about it? Battlefield 1 is super good. <laughs> uh, I mean, super everyone knows intense. I'm the first-person shooter guy mm-hmm. in this group. Um, so it doesn't take a lot to get me excited about a shooter. Um, I, I, you know, Originally, I wasn't, that, uh, wasn't like super, super into the idea of playing a World War I game. Like, I wasn't like into the idea of going, let, let's go backwards in time and go back to you know, older weapons. But man, I was wrong. Uh, I, I will go, I'll, I'll talk about PVP first. I put about 13, between like 10 and 13 hours into PVP, um, week of release, uh, and then, and then played the campaign after that. So I haven't played PVP in a couple of days. Uh, but it is a battlefield ass battlefield game in all of the right ways. Um, I spent a lot of time in three, not a like, I, I didn't think a lot of time in four, but I ended up looking and it was like, oh, you have like 50 hours in Battlefield 4, which is just a <laughs> glitch field mess. Mm-hmm. And none of that really, no problems so far with the servers. Uh, actually, I take that back. They're having problems with the servers, but nothing like I was experiencing in four where you had characters constantly rubber banding and like shots not hitting. And there was a, a big problem in four where it was like, you know, when you complain that, oh, someone's doing more damage than I am, that was actually happening. <laughs> um, it's been smooth sailing for all that stuff with Battlefield 1. Uh, How many hours you put into multiplayer so far? About 13. Cool. Between 10 and 13. Hmm. Uh, they changed some of the classes around. So you, you still have your standard assault class, support, medic, and uh, scout, which is your sniper. They changed some of their perks around. Um, support now has uh, is really um, about just support. Um, whereas your assault class used to be the medic class... Um, they're they're about doing damage to the tank where that used to be support. So they they've swapped some things around, but once you find your you, you know you're the class that you like playing, you're gonna play that class. Let me ask you a question. What obviously assault is self-explanatory. You you're you're assaulting. What defines the support class in Battlefield? Run around like. In, what's great about Battlefield and that I always sing its praises is you could be god awful at the game and still if you're doing the right things if you're playing the objectives you could still come in first on your team mm. it, like I, Overwatch has a lot of that yeah. right where man I could suck at a kill death ra- my kill death ratio could be like off the charts bad but I'm playing Mercy and I did like the perfect res and got the most amount of heals and boom I have play of the game mm-hmm. Battlefield supports people in that way so like with support you're running around and like you want to be repairing vehicles like if you're like at one point i was playing support there's trophies for getting each one to like rank two so i'm like i've been working at that so like i was behind one of our tanks and they were fighting other tanks and i'm standing behind it 
just with a wrench, just constantly <laughs> repairing it, and like you're getting points for doing that. Okay. You're getting points for capturing uh, for capturing bases. With support, you're getting points for throwing down ammo packs or ammo crates mm-hmm. for people. And like you, you see a, gr- a group of people standing there, throw an ammo pack, and then your points just start ringing up. If right. you're in a squad with people, which you could just join any squad, mm-hmm. you get more points for doing things for them. With medic, you know, if you're healing people, reviving people. So I mean, in previous battlefield games, I was like, I'm not gonna kill anybody this round unless absolutely necessary. And I'm gonna see if I can come in first place. Mm-hmm. And I would sometimes because I captured all the points, or I, I you know, I was there during the defenses. I was reviving people or healing people or throwing on ammo packs if i was a a scout i was spotting people um so if you're if you're playing the objective and doing those things your name's gonna like shoot up the leaderboard so you could be like oh and 17 but you can find yourself in like i was a fourth place on the team because i did like the most amount of objective stuff right um they have like an end of game they did this in battlefront um so like at the end of each match they put up like this guy was the best healer, and this guy was the best scout, and this guy was the best person in any squad, and this guy had the most kills, and like your, you know, your, your icon for whatever PSN or Xbox Live thing you have will show up your avatar, and then you can like go through like, oh, let's look at our squad stats and see what everybody in the squad did, and like this is what our squad's kill death ratio was, and like how many heals we had, and like they're very nor- numbers oriented, which is kind of neat if you're like into that thing. Right, right. But as far as like the actual game goes, it's awesome. Um, if it's chaotic. There's just there's like just straight chaos. If you're new to Battlefield and you jump in, you're like there's 64 people running around in this map, and I have no idea which way to go, and I just got run over by a horse. Yeah, which are like nearly indestructible. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a lot. It's it's so much fun. It, it, there's a new mode which I've been playing a lot of. If you're familiar with Battlefield at all, you know that their their main mode like team deathmatch is like not even a thing. Mm-hmm. Like they have it, but it's not even paid attention to. What's mostly played has been. There's one mode called Rush and there's one mode called Conquest. Yeah. And Rush is where your attackers, you have like a, an attack and attack side and a defense. And the attackers have X amount of lives to go set off these two bombs. And then if they do that, do that, they get two more bombs and so on and so forth until they reach the end. Uh, Conquest is instead of capturing bombs, you're capturing points. And it's offense and defense. So like you're capturing a point, we're capturing a point. Whoever holds the most points uh, for an X amount of time Tickets start going up as you hold the points. Your tickets start counting upwards, and then you win the match after a certain point. And this new mode, Operations, takes the two and mixes them. So you can choose between like 40 players and 64. I like 40 because it's chaotic but not so insane. <laughs> and you have, again, an offense-defense. But instead of capturing points uh, or like m- making these bombs explode in rush, it's conquest. So you're attacking, but after you attack a point and take it, you also have to defend it because the attackers can take it back. You have three waves of live spawns so like the entire 40 people have like 125 lives to use and if they fail they get two more turns on the last two turns they get some sort of like additional help like a blimp or depending on the stage um a behemoth or a destroyer out in the water which will just like rain down fire um and it's up to the defending team to like counter uh, counter that and then if they win the map either team wins the stage the game moves to a new stage with like a brand new like one of the other stages completely and mm-hmm. then it's like do it again and it's like it could go over two maps or even three maps if the defending team wins both you won't go to the third map as far as i know because i've never played one with three and if we have played one with three like one of the teams stopped us from getting there either we won the first two and the third one didn't matter or whatever it's really good but those are like long matches they're like 45 minutes to an hour yeah i mean the the base like conquest mode like can be the, like a half hour yeah the timer when i st- i started a match 
uh, I, I've I didn't play. I've only played a little bit of multiplayer, but I started a match and it was like the the timer was at like forty minutes. We we we, we won, and the team that I was on ended up winning with like fifteen or twenty minutes left on the clock. Uh, but I was like, oh my god, like this is a long yeah. Coming but, from like playing like Overwatch, which is like it's like fifteen minutes maximum. Max, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what's great about those matches is it gives you time to like kind of find your groove. Yeah. And if you're like, hey, like, this isn't working out for me. This class, let me switch. Mm-hmm. And it's it's different scenarios require different things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, hey, this is a wide open area right here. Let me switch to sniper for a little while. Right, or let yeah. me switch back. Like, oh, there's tanks in this area. So let me switch to assault and like try and take out one of these tanks. And if I die and I take them out, great. Then I, I can go switch back to support or medic. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love, I, I, the match, only the one match I played really was... It was one of these kind of war-torn, like, European little villages or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the capture points were, like, a, a beaten-down church and then something else. And there are just times where you and, like, f- six other dudes are, like, running up, like, this, like, sloppy, destroyed hill. And it l- looks like, because the game looks amazing, for, for one thing. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Even, I'm playing on PS4, and it, and it looks... It looks very good. Spectacular. Running up this hill, like just char- like kind of just trying and struggling to run up this hill to get to this capture point, and and you get this real sense of of place, and, and that's that's really cool. Yeah, and that's where you can see uh, the the game design and just the the amount of like time and budget that were spent to create these these worlds. Uh, you know, for me, um, I was when we when we talked about these games, uh, you know months ago i was at the place where i was like okay if battlefield comes out and justin buys it i'll borrow from him when he's done with it and i'll play through whatever just for kind of end of the year considerations and then i started hearing really good things about the campaign which got my interest peaked because that's where i'm going to spend that's that's what will get me into the game like i might end up playing you know five or six to ten hours of multiplayer but i'm not going to get there unless i have something else to sort of get me in the door to the game so I heard the the campaign was good, and that's what kind of got me interested in buying it. Which is new for Battlefield in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Their, their campaigns, other than sort of like the bad company games, yeah. uh, have never been very well regarded. They've always been sort of, these are kind of Call of Duty knockoff campaigns. That's they, good. The, especially the last couple. They like they tried to out Call of Duty, Call of Duty, and it just didn't fit right. Yeah, both 3 and 4 were sort of going for that, that mode. And this, you know, it's still... It still has some of that DNA in it. You can feel that in there, but the way they chose to do the different settings. So there's like five different stories that you play through in the campaign, and it's not they're not long. They're probably like depending on the difficulty level you're playing on, how many collectibles you're trying to get. But if you're just kind of playing the story missions, you probably do them in an hour, um, an hour and a half at the most for like the longest ones. Uh, so you're talking about six, probably six hour campaign in, in total um, if you're playing on normal and, and not going after stuff. Uh, but they you take it to different parts of like the war. So you know you're in you, one's like a, a plane focused one, one's a tank focused one. You know one is um, in Italy uh, in the on the Italian front with this kind of specialized soldier who wears a suit a full suit of armor and carries like a chain gun. One's in Arabia. One's in Arabia, which is probably my favorite one of of the of the stories. Um, and the Arabian one is interesting because there is a lot of. Uh, influence i would say probably from metal gear 5 uh just the like the way you have to approach the area some of the way the areas are laid out like that especially that one where you have like the three different there's one where you have three different kind of encampments 
you have to scout and then like go in and take out and, and get the thing. And you're not you can be seen and you can get out of it, but you're not you're trying your best to not be seen. There's a lot of stealth in this game. Yeah, there's a lot of stealth in this in this game. Um and it's it, good. It is no, it is it definitely is good. And there's um like trucks driving by and they all have people on them, they are on certain loops and certain routes. There's definitely a different feel, and I I really enjoyed that aspect of it, and kind of trying to figure out the puzzle of how I was going to do what I was going to do. There's one, um, there's the one where you have to take out these three armored trucks in this town. I got that one, uh, and <laughs> I ended up. This is the, the most video game as video game thing you could possibly do, but and I wasn't even intentional. I w- I snuck into the town, and I was like in a building, and I you know you can you can throw these these like empty shell casings. To distract guards. And I threw one. And then I threw another one to lead him farther. But because I threw two in too close of a succession. It like alerted the entire camp. That something was going on. And they're all walking around. Every single soldier is walking around. And then one by one. They start to walk into the house that I'm in. But only in groups of one. So I would wait by the door. They would walk in. I would melee kill them. I'd shut the door. And then about 30 seconds later. The next one would walk in. See the body. Walk in the door. I'd close the door. And I kill the next one. And I was left with this room, this little room in this little shack with a pile of about 15 dead bodies in it. Okay, that's not how I did that. They one, just but... got into some sort of weird like scripting thing where they just, every time, they just kept coming. Um, and But that was a cool mission because I, I did that, but then I like I set dynamite on all the trucks and then just like ran up to the hill and just turned them all the same amount. I watched all the trucks explode. And that was a, a cool feeling. You know, I think that... There's a couple things where, like, I think sort of like the the checkpointing could be a little bit better because you do a lot of stuff and you even get like that like spinning save circle, but then if you die, it sends you back, sends you all the way back, and it's just it's not fun, you no, know. Um, it's not, and that's the part that I that, that some time I got frustrated with the game. I think that sometimes, but what I do really like about it, and we talked about gears, you know, a couple weeks ago, and how it kind of gets kind of repetitive after a while, just the shooting. Battlefield never feels that way to me it's always changing what you're supposed to be doing every mission or two um every every moment to moment encounter you have to do different things which is which is pretty cool yeah uh so yeah i i really loved the campaign which i did not expect uh like i said looks gorgeous uh g- good voice acting great production values uh some really interesting stories that they they do their best to sort of respect the fact that world war one was a very complicated um and complicated and very brutal war yeah there was one uh act that left that impression on me in particular um first one mud and blood you're in the tank yeah and so at the end of the mission you're you're fighting these couple other tanks and i was playing on hard and it was like it was hard like it was difficult to like take out all the tanks without dying and stuff and at the like very end they were like um you know at this particular battle 300 tanks were deployed yeah and the war ended like a month later mm-hmm. and just the the amount of like destruction and death i caused in this like little itty bitty scene where i was fighting like four tanks yeah and you know you're thinking like okay those four tanks probably have like three people inside mm-hmm. them and then you realize like there was a battle with 300 of those in it and then like a month later it was like okay ceasefire like all those people died for no reason and yeah. I, like the game is good at reminding you of that like that type of stuff yeah and there's times too where you're at one point you're in the italian you're in no man's land which is the spot in between the two fronts yeah that was that was rough and it's it's a rough it's a hard sequence it's also really amazing to look at in a very macabre sort of way like it looks like 
Mordor. Like that's what it looks like. And yeah. I mean, there's a lot of say that Tolkien got a lot of inspiration for for that stuff when he fought in World War One. But it's really intense. Hugh, uh, have you got a chance to play through the campaign yet? Um, I'm. I think I've got three how many were they is it five there's five six? there's five yeah there's five I, I, and then there's like the little prologue that they force you to play once when you boot up the game i've um i finished the third one the other day um and so far i've been really really impressed with it like you say the the game looks absolutely stunning the one the one that i've really enjoyed so far is the one with the pilot um mm, yeah like that that first sort of where the Sort of screen fades in and um, you're flying over the mountains. The graphics in that bit are absolutely stunning. And then the later on when you're flying over London as well, um, and there's just like I say, there's a good there's a good variety to them as well. I do, I really appreciate the fact that like in that when you're not, it's not just like scene after scene of like flying a plane and you know shooting other planes down. Like there's some really intense parts like the bits with the um the blimps um where you end up actually like stood on top of it um and then it, is that the one that finishes with um like the last section where you're like carrying your buddy like, yeah through, yes and it, yeah you're trying to dodge the searchlights from your own um yeah, that's italy guns. right that's italy. No, 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 yeah. that's... oh no that no you're no no that's the flyboy one you're right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, like that section is just like so intense. Like, mm-hmm. the, the palms of my hands were sweating in that bit. Just like, oh my god, you know, just the intensity of just realizing the fact that the guns that could be firing at you are, are your own. Um, but yeah, I think so far, like you say, the the respect that's you know it, it's handled very very well, and it's not they don't pull any punches. To, they show the intensity of how it is and how brutal it is. Um, and I, I think, like you say, that that opening sequence is is really well done as well. And how like it comes up at the start, saying, uh, you know, you it loads up and it basically just says you're not expected to survive these sequences, mm-hmm. and it basically puts you in this series of like increasingly like difficult odds to try and survive, and you every person that you play as eventually gets killed and then it the screen fades and it comes up with their name and like mm-hmm. when they were born and the year they died and stuff like that um but yeah I, it's it's a lot there's a lot more um variety to it than i was than i was expecting and as far as i i, I played bits of the campaigns of the other um battlefield games but they were never anything that i'd never finished any of them because i just didn't really enjoy them but i'm definitely going to finish this one and um so far the pvp is good fun as well like like justin said it's it's intense it's absolutely crazy um i actually like jumped in on a few rounds with him um that's right last week i was Um, i turned around i was like oh there's hugh heal me yeah do something yeah and um yeah that's that's like i found that i'm i'm fairly decent as a medic mainly because it means i don't have to worry too much about being shit at shooting at people i can just go oh your health is a bit low have a med pack and just stick syringes in people and then run away again Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think i think it'll be a game that i'm gonna play for quite a while so yeah I'm, i'm really really impressed with it so far it's a it's a good step forward for battlefield awesome the one other thing that i wanted to add was um 
I'm really impressed by the music in the game. Oh yeah, the music is great. The music is yeah. really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, especially coming from like previous Battlefield games where it's like, oh, there's the Battlefield theme, mm-hmm. and that, that that's like the extent of the music. Right. I mean, the, I've downloaded songs from the soundtrack, which I think just became available this week, because um, I, I found them to be like really moving and beautiful. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, there are some really amazing tracks in it. Some great symphonic orchestral stuff yep. going on in that game. Yeah, I'm really impressed. You know, the thing I will say is that when I bought it. My idea was like, okay, I'll play the campaign, I'll play just a little bit of multiplayer, and then I'm going to trade it in to get something else, because we've got Dishonored and Watch Dogs and stuff barreling down the pipe at us, um, and now I'm like, yeah, maybe I won't trade it in so quickly, because I just really enjoy playing the game, and I find myself thinking about playing the game, which is, is a great surprise for me, which I'm very happy about, because uh, I, did, I, did, I really thought that... For all three of these shooters that we were kind of in the shooter window right now, the the shooter gauntlet, that I was going to do the, all the same thing: play the five six hour campaign, trade it in, go. You know, that's really what my plan was. And so far, Battlefield, I don't know if I'm going to trade that one in right away. You know, it definitely will get traded in because, like all multiplayer games, everyone will play it for like a month, and then most people will just kind of drop out. Of the people we know, not the you know, kind of overall community, but for the people we know, people will just drop off of it. So at that point, I won't probably want to play it as much but um yeah I, I really really liked it a lot so uh staying with the in the same vein kelsey what about pokemon <laughs> uh so pokemon released uh the sun and moon demo this month um it was pretty small pretty basic um you're exploring the new island it sort of feels like hawaii to me and if you've seen the um, leaks of the Pokemon and the leaks of um, the setting of the game, you'll see that it's very Hawaiian influenced. Um, I like But Hawaii. the main thing, sorry? I like Hawaii. Sorry. Hawaii is good times. <laughs> I wish I've been to Hawaii. It looks so beautiful. So I'll get it through the game. <laughs> uh, the main part of the demo, though, isn't really um, the game itself. It's more of the timed events that they're doing until the release of the game. So, like, if you talk to um, a villager in the game and they're like, ooh, something exciting is happening in a month, you're like, okay, that's when the game, because it came out, the demo was, like, October 18th, so in a month it was November 18th when the game's coming out. Um, so n- November 5th, which is this week, um, if you go up to a police officer you get a gift in return and it's pretty much the same with what's happened over the past month is if you visited different villagers, they gave you different gifts. Um, the villagers, they change their convos a little every day and uh, at night you can go uh, have dinner with like, his name is How, and then there's another girl named Lily that you can meet uh, depending on the time of day and the day of the week it is. Uh, and then they're switching it up a bit. So instead of having uh, gym battles, from what I understand, they're called trials. And it's more of a RPG-based quest than a PvP battle at the gym, from what I understand. Uh, you get to do one in the demo. Uh, it was pretty basic. You just had to walk around a, a cave and take uh, pictures of the new, like, dinosaur-y, fossil-y Pokemon. Um, uh, battles you're now able to see like when you have a battle with a Pokemon you could see what's effective against them of your um, 
of your strengths and weaknesses and it'll say plus or minus depending on if your Pokemon is good against the other Pokemon, which is good for uh, beginners because a lot of the time the struggle that I had when I started playing Pokemon was that it's conf- it's easy when you think fire against water against grass. It's easy to see like rock, paper, scissors, which beats which. When you start throwing in dark and ice and flying, it's hard to remember all the what's effective and what's not. So by having this aspect for beginners, like um, little kids, like my cousins who want to play their first Pokemon game, it's easier for them to battle and to understand um, like the fairy. Because even that's new. So even I don't remember what fairy is good against, what fairy is weak against. So it's easier. And then they also have the Pokeride. So they take out, uh, I don't, they take out the HM which was what you could add to a Pokemon if you wanted to, like, cut or um, smash rocks or travel on water. And what they're doing is, um, it's called Poke Ride. So if you need to smash the rocks in the game, it's like a, they give you a Taurus. It's like a Taurus Uber. Like, you call him up, and he comes, and you ride him, and you could smash through rocks instead of having to always keep a Taurus on hand so that you can smash to the rocks because he's the only one that has the hm for it just like real uber Uh, (laughs) um the mega evolution that was introduced in the last pokemon game is replaced by z moves um i don't really understand them that well because you only get sort of one chance to use it with pikachu um so it I didn't really grasp the difference between the two of them. And you can transfer all of your earnings and the gifts that you receive from the villagers onto the Pokemon Sun and Moon disc uh, when you get it, the card, when you get oh, it. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, so that was pretty cool because there's, I was because the demo is so small, I was like, what's the point of playing it? I was a bit disappointed when I realized that it wasn't, Mm, wasn't as big as I hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now at least I know every day when I visit the town that you're dropped off in, at least I know like all the gifts that I'm getting, I could be able to put them. And oh, and you get a Greninja at the beginning of the game and they're not common in the uh, Hawaii region. That's what they tell you. So you get to uh, transfer him into the sun and moon. A rare Greninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh it seems like with that stuff you're talking about, it's a little they put a little Animal Crossing into their Pokemon. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Well I love Animal Crossing. I know. Well you well I was gonna ask you as well. We're gonna talk about Animal Crossing in a second, but I was gonna I'm wondering, um what you said when you got into Pokemon you were a little intimidated by not knowing how many Pokemon games have you played uh, up till now? Oh my god. <laughs> a lot of them, I'm guessing then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started with red. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, so a lot then. <laughs> but that's it with red, it was it was easy for me to understand. And I've always been like a fire, a fire girl. Like I'll always pick the fire starter and I've always been successful with them because I just maxed the shit out of like Charizard. <laughs> and um, so it was always easy for it was harder for me I knew when I had to do the water level like I had to really push my training on on my fire Pokemon 
but like with grass with bug like it's it was easy for me to remember that I could beat them in a second but when you're going into the more when they start adding more it's more complicated to be like oh yeah fire doesn't beat water but you're okay against ice it was like really weird for me Mm, yeah to understand well, I think the only Pokemons that Justin and I can name are the ones that were in Smash Brothers, so <laughs> you definitely got us beat. Just like you don't play first-person shooters, Pokemon yeah. is like a different language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys definitely. have never played Pokemon? I've never played a Pokemon game before. Not one. <gasps> nope. Except for Smash. Uh, yeah. What? What about you, Hugh? Um, I have... Um, uh, what's the previous one to the... Like X the newest y? one. Yeah. I have that on my 3DS. I've played a few hours of it, but no more than that. I I mean to play more of it, but I, my th- my 3DS um is is there, but I often forget I even have the damn thing. In all honesty, <laughs> I almost downloaded Pokemon Go because everyone in my group was playing it, mm-hmm. and then I remembered no. No, it's n- well, oh, that's not a real okay. Pokemon. Game. I know it's not a real Pokemon. It wasn't worth it. Would have been the only game I've ever played with Pokemon in the title. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I played Pokemon Snap for the N sixty four, but other than that, I've never played. Uh, I've never played a real Pokemon game. Oh, uh, Kelsey, here's a question for you: Did you play that Pokemon Fighter that came out? Oh, Pokemon Tournament. Yes. I really wanted to, um, but I never ended up getting it because when it came out, I had uh, my finals. So I was like, okay, let me just get Super Smash Bros. Like, I won't be too risky about it. <laughs> uh, that's a better choice, I just obviously. Forgot about yeah. it. I, that's why I figured it was the better choice. So I went with that one. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot about it. And then I was just like, oh, it's you too late. Can't ever go wrong with Smash Brothers. No, I can't go wrong with Smash Brothers. That's why, yeah. True exactly. that. <laughs> True that for sure. Uh, so, Kelsey, quickly, there was a big Animal Crossing update, right? Mm-hmm. So wh- what is this update for Animal Crossing? Okay, so I was a bit disappointed. Um, it's the theme I of your it's a theme of your game section, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was so excited to have the update because I haven't played it in two years. And when I entered the game, the villagers were so sassy with me; they were <laughs> hating because I haven't v- visited them in like two years. <laughs> but the update is mainly for um, amiibos. And I never got into Amiibos because I bought one Pikachu Amiibo. I'm obsessed with it. And I was so scared that I was going to be like crazy about them. <laughs> so, so I never bought another one because I'm so afraid. But I might now because of the update. Um, but for the Amiibo people, you can now uh, get closer furniture from other games. So let's say you have a Splatoon uh, Amiibo. When you have it, when you're playing Animal Crossing, you could get like clothes and stuff from splatoon hmm. so that's really cool that tar- i really like that kelsey that target sale it also works on toys to life it's true it does work on uh, amiibos it works did on you amiibos. guys forget target doesn't exist in canada anymore oh. oh i didn't know that oh yeah it was like there for six months and then they like closed them all maybe they once. can ship to canada <laughs> maybe it's, it works it's online never existed in the uk so don't worry <laughs> I'm there like every other day. So <laughs> I apparently, love Target. Apparently it also um I was reading earlier on, it's also on like board games and stuff that yes. they sell, not yeah. just video games. Yeah, and they have so. actually really amped up their board game selection recently. Like they, they yes. used to have like it used to be like one little like part of a shelf behind the toys and now it has like its whole own 
aisle. section yeah. aisle now. Yeah, which is pretty it's cool. It's a big deal. Tabletop he, gaming's uh, yeah. the, the up-and-comer. Totally, totally. But Kelsey, so your, your villagers were sassy. What what else what else happened? Is sassy when... a Canadian word? <laughs> no, what are you talking about? It's just I, I whenever I whenever we as a website have on somebody from Canada, the word sassy always gets used in some sort of context, <laughs> and it's like the is only it? time I hear it. We have a strong roots to Canada for the website, so it's it's a polite way of saying bitchy. <laughs> oh, I think sassy is a great word. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's still stuff you can do without amiibos. You can transfer your data from Happy Home Designer. So that was the like spin-offy game that the most recent one that came out after New Leaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get it just because I wasn't into like decorating and stuff. But all the decorating and furniture options that you had from Happy Home Designer, you can uh, transfer them into the New Leaf game. Uh, there's also new campground on the in your in your town. And my like ass- assistant, her name's Isabel. She's this cute little poodle. She told me that she tried to fight so that the campground would be smaller, but it's humongous, which I'm excited to explore. Um, and there's a new form of money that you can use in the campground. So now you can have bells to use in your town and the downtown region. And this, it's called Meow. I forgot what it stands for, but it's the way of money in the campground. Sounds and like they drugs. also. And you get them from doing cats. It sounds so weird, but like it, they all stand for something. Okay, bro. If you got any meow. <laughs> and um, it also comes with two mini games. So there's Desert Island Escape. And that's basically where you try to escape an island. Uh, from what I understood, I didn't see it on my 3DS, but that's for the um, Wii U, I think, from what I looked online. And then there's the uh, Puzzle League. So it's basically uh, like one of those block matching games. So like um, like Candy Crush, I guess, mm-hmm. is the closest thing. Bejeweled. Bejeweled, yeah. Like a match three uh, puzzler game. Yeah. Yeah, I love those games. So I'm excited to try that one out. Um, but I do appreciate this update, even though it will make me sink into a deep hole of Amiibos. Because <laughs> uh, it made me excited to get home from work today. Like when I heard that there was... The update, I was excited to get home and try it. And it got me to go back into Animal Crossing. I ended up spending a bit of time cleaning up my... Because when you don't play Animal Crossing for a long time, like you start having like holes and ditches and weeds start growing and you have to like really clean up. So um, that's why I never went back. But I'm excited now to go back and sort of clean it up and get back into it. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, they uh, they delayed that animal crossing ios game till next year they haven't even really announced what it is yet but <laughs> i know <laughs> but um uh yeah so I, I, what i'm excited too is that ne- if this switch thing happens the way it's supposed to happen animal crossing will also just be on the home console so i can play it i still won't play it why i don't know why i mean the reason i wouldn't play it i i, I got it but like i would just always forget to go back like when i was supposed to go back and do something you know so mm-hmm. that's what that was always my problem i'd be like okay i'm gonna play animal i'm gonna move for animal crossing and then I'd be like okay i can play for 15 minutes and then i gotta just put it <laughs> away and then wait till tomorrow i gotta wait till the shops are open <laughs> yeah uh, you could change the time in the game that's how i used to cheat ah uh, yes yeah <laughs> that's what i did in mario maker to get all of the i did that as well all the items very quickly to make things with you just turn the <laughs> clock ahead i think my clock is still set like a week 
yeah. ahead of where it's supposed to be right I now. I never changed mine back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so Animal Crossing and uh, Pokemon, both sort of disappointing for you right now, Kelsey. Right, right now, yeah. yes. I'm sure if I had Amiibos, I would be really into the uh, Animal Crossing update. It's just because I don't... Uh, maybe I should test my Pikachu. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, oh it God. probably does something. I might not do like anything <laughs> specific, but usually in those kind of games, all the Amiibos will at least do something. Give you a costume or give you an item or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, Hugh, you have been playing uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I have indeed, and... Man, did I love the shit out of it. It's a great game. Such such a good game. Yeah, I think like this game takes what the first one did um right and just refines it and you know, takes a few of the little annoying things out of the first game. Um like just the locations in this game are just absolutely mind-blowing like it's just every time the you walk into a new location and the camera does that deliberate sort of like pan up and sort of back so you get the full view of everything it, it just looks incredible um i th- i really like the way they pace the story in this one um i think i think at the first one it kind of it it was a bit strange the way they did it because it started off like with a bang like for the opening sequence and then it kind of like slowed down and then picked itself back up again and the pacing was a bit off um i i really like the way that this one sort of establishes way where it's gonna go and then slowly picks up the pace and then by the end of the game it builds to like a really cool like crescendo at the end where it's just absolutely crazy and you just you're walking around and there's just like these hordes walking, you know, trudging al- along behind you and you're just watching these guys in massive suits of armor. Um, and you, you, you've yet to come across them and you're a bit like, eh, I don't really want to tangle with these guys cause they look like they're going to mess my shit up. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I think one of the, the main, the, yeah, the only real criticism I got of it is I, I don't know how, what you th- thought when you played it, but I still found the um, the tombs a little bit too simple. Like I, the one thing I I love about the Tomb Raider games is like it's just going back to that sort of old school adventure game with some you know good logic puzzles in it, and um, I I I just found I think there was one tomb that I'm yet to do because I needed um a piece of equipment because so I could swim for long periods of time underwater so I didn't get to that one before I finished the game um but I just felt like all all of the tombs in this one were not simple as such but I I got through them fairly quickly I didn't I didn't think they took a great deal of effort to get them through. I don't. I don't know what you felt when you played it. Yeah, for me, um, I mean, the the uh, they weren't long, sort of involved like sequences for the most part. But the has a lot over the first game for me because there was more than like two of them. Because that was the problem with yeah. the first game. There was like two or three. Yeah, there most. was there was, yeah, there was like no tombs. Yeah, there's like eight in this one. There's no tombs in the first Tomb Raider uh, in the reboot, really. 
Yeah, I mean, I would say obviously the game has obviously gone much more into the Uncharted mold of sort of that kind of game, where Uncharted basically was taking a lot of stuff from Tomb Raider when it first started. Now the sort of whole worm has turned all the way around, and now yeah. Tomb Raider is taking from Uncharted and sort of its scale and spectacle. Uh, but some of those, some of that scale and spectacle is unbelievable in that game. Like you were saying to you, texted me the other day, that ending sequence is, is like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, like I said, there's that, I, w- I won't detail it too much because I know Justin doesn't want spoilers, but there's that, that army. Um, that spoilers, and, Hugh. <laughs> but they keep, it, it's not really Justin. No, because you know, like no. right away. I know. Yeah. Um, and they kind of tease them a lot all the way through mm-hmm. when you first start coming across them and you see the scale of like how their numbers and you're just like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> These guys look nasty. Um, what's, one thing I'll also say is I, I really like um, like Lara's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's like, I, I like, a, it sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, but a good like flawed hero. Mm-hmm. Um and you know she makes mistakes she fucks up but she's a bit she kind of reminds me of um Carol Danvers in that respect where she's she's a you know laser focused on what she wants to do and at times it's at the detriment of uh, others around her um but. You know, I, I I really like the story arc in this one. I was a bit frustrated because I saw the other day there was a um someone um I think it was one of the newspapers over here reviewed it and said that they were um they really didn't like her character because she was like a um an old, like your stereotypical whiny heroine because all she does is complain all the time. I was like, well, you know, if you were in like minus twenty degree temperature with you know. A Russian army chasing you and um, killing a group of people because of you, you'd probably complain as well. So I don't <laughs> think she's going to be happy-go-lucky about her situation in all fairness. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I really, really enjoyed this. I think um, it's going to be up there with like my games of the year. Um, it might actually end up being like a Rayman type deal. Um <laughs> But yeah, and and another thing I'll say is in terms of value for money, um, I think it was I paid forty pounds for this, and considering, you know, it's a full game. Obviously, it it was what was it a year exclusive on Xbox? Yeah, and and it was on PC as well. But yeah, yeah. So you know, considering you know you get the full game, all of the DLC, there's the VR section which I'm yet to try, which I need I need to have a go at. I have. I have no idea what that entails, but yeah, forty pounds for that much game is um, was really good. But yeah, anybody who's interested in playing it, I highly recommend it. And Justin, get into it quick. It's I great. am. I'm trying. I've, I've got other games to play right now. Yeah, he's got 2016 games to play. Yeah, you know, not 2015 <laughs> games. Kelsey, <laughs> uh, have you played any of the Tomb Raider games? Kelsey. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear my name. I was like, oh, is it me? Did you, uh, did you play any of the Tomb Raider games? Uh, no, but my ex-boyfriend used to play them, and I would just watch him. Mm. Um, but the last one, I think I... What was the last one that came out? Not the not the one he was talking about, the other one. Just, just called, called Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so then it was that. The last one that came out before this one. Yeah, yeah it was just Tomb Raider. It was just Tomb Raider. Okay, exactly. That one I've uh, not played, but I've watched it. Mm. Yeah. I think I think you would, considering that you enjoy The Last of Us sort of gameplay, you would probably enjoy the Tomb Raider mm. uh, uh, yeah, game. I think so. I just haven't given it a chance yet. Roaming around with a bow and arrow with Lara Croft just hitting people in the head with arrows is just a joy to behold yeah and pretty good stealth mechanics as well in in mm. the in rise of the tomb raider uh, there it, it's in some ways i think it it goes so far that it doesn't go far enough with sort of like the tools you have at your disposal but yeah. it's still really really great and there's a couple moments in that game that are still some of my when i think back some of my favorite moments of the last couple of years Mm-hmm. in games also another gorgeous gorgeous game i will play it yeah. one day yeah, it looks cool. amazing once we get past the game of the year stuff you'll have <laughs> then i'll have time you'll to play have time it. to play it <laughs> um uh <laughs> speaking of which justin i don't know if you want to talk real quick you uh you finished deus ex yes so i love that game love that game um didn't kill anybody didn't kill anybody made it through the whole game without killing a soul that's that's nice. pretty impressive i was really happy um you you've started xcom 2 yeah, I don't know why I did that. So like, I you got to be in your bonnet. Last time we recorded, you're like, oh, let's do, let's do. X- I want to play XCOM too. Let's do this. Yeah, I, you know, I said it before. I'm the first person shooter guy. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, eventually feel like branching out and trying new things. And I played the original XCOM uh, on uh, well the PS- first remake. Yeah, the first remake. Yeah, on yeah PS3. Not, not like the no, PC one. No, no, no. <laughs> but the, the, the remake uh, when it was free on Plus, and I played it for I kid you not, like a minute and a half, and I was like, not for me. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I know I was thinking about game of the year and I came out this year and I was like, I want to try more things that I, I haven't really mm-hmm. like would normally put my hands in. Let me get XCOM. So I got I found it on eBay for like 40 bucks and I got it and I played it and I was like, I'm going to do something I normally don't do. Um, I'm going to put this on the easiest difficulty. And I was like, because I'm, I'm brand, I, I, you know, I read the descriptions. They're like, if you were new to XCOM, play it on this difficulty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I gotcha. So I played like the first like two or three missions, and I like I did it, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna bump the difficulty up." The next mission, I lost nearly everybody, <laughs> like <laughs> nearly everybody, and I was like, "I, I like I, I for a minute there, I, I texted you, and I was like, I hit my wall. Like yeah. I just like it, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around those type of games. Like you know, and it's not about like chess moves because in first person, I, I I treat first person shooters in PvP like chess." Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 99% of the time this person is going to do this in this situation. And I'm, like, pretty successful with mm. that. But with these, it's like with the, the chess pieces literally moving around the board, I feel like I'm not – I don't know where to put everybody in the spot to be most most successful. And on sometimes I can – some moves I can do – like, this character can do two moves. He can move and then shoot. And then there are other times where it's like, well, now he could just move. And I don't know if it's because I went too far. Mm. Like, I, I moved too far for him to do two moves at once – but the game doesn't really explain that to you. Right. I like the idea of everything that they're doing. Like, I, I can see if I can make it through the first, let's say, like, five hours of this game. And I'm probably, like, maybe, like, two hours in. Maybe, like, five to ten hours. I can see where the game completely opens up. Because the, if they if you have guys who are surviving and leveling up, they get different skill trees. Mm-hmm. And they get perks. And it's like, well, now I could... It, you know, I'm in my base and I can make alien weapons and create different things that just need time to, like, you know... It's like I'm trying to think of another game that does this, but like I'm I'm working on something in my ship, and it's like come back in seven days. Right. Like you know, it's not literally seven days, but it's a certain amount of time in game, and then come back, and it's like, well, this place will make your your soldiers better. 
I like those type of things. Yeah, they did it in Metal Gear Five. Yes. As well, okay, yeah, yeah. that's the word. That's the game I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah, with Mother Base and stuff. I'm going to keep hammering at this <laughs> every now and again for a while because I I want to get to that point, and I like I said I wanted to broaden my horizons. Yeah. Speaking of horizons, that's true. Every once in a while, I get into real time strategy games in a big way, but I, I'm scared of XCOM a little bit. It's. I mean, I, I I got my ass destroyed. Yeah. I I really love Fire Emblem, and that's a very similar. I mean, it's like obviously fantasy based, not sci fi based, but it's a similar type of. Thing. I did have my like first real thing where you know there's a there's a popular giant bomb clip mm-hmm. where it's uh, this is Dark Souls. Yeah. And it's Vinny just like shooting at this skeleton guy and then out of nowhere another skeleton guy kicks him off the ledge Mm -hmm. so i had like my like this is XCOM moment where like i got up in this alien's face like (laughs) in his face with an 88 percent chance to hit him in the head shot him completely missed completely missed yeah it's like all right fantastic (laughs) (laughs) throw this disc out the window (laughs) but yeah i'm sorry i ruined your segue before speaking of horizons Horizons. and and broadening your horizons uh we talked about Forza Horizon 3 a couple times, wanting to play it, wanting to get into it, but you got into it. I did. Mm. Um, after beating Gears, I sat down and was like, okay, I think it's time for me to try this for uh, Forza bit. Uh, and that game's really awesome. <laughs> like, really good. And I am not into simulation racers. I've said that before. Um, not that Horizon is like a super sim, but way, way more simmy than the games that I would usually play with racers, which is like Need for Speed, where I can do, you know, e-brake turns at 160 miles an hour and right. not touch the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find myself really enjoying Forza, and I told my wife that we're going to go to Australia one day because it's really <laughs> pretty in the game. And I was like, well, I know that, um, I think it's Turn 10, uh, yes. sends people to, and it's it's Playground and Turn 10. I'm, I'm not sure which one of those is actually the lead there. Yeah, well, Playground is the lead, and and but this was the first one where I think Turn 10 really had a much, a much more involvement in the making of the game. They sent people to Australia for the summer yeah. just to photograph the sky, so that way they, they can make the sky box really pretty, mm-hmm. and they do a good job of it. That's a good job to have. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. Go to Australia and uh, photograph the sky. So, you know, you start out and you're in just a, you get to pick like a, not like a, you wouldn't let, let's say like a, a Gran Turismo game where you're picking like a Volkswagen GTI, mm-hmm. but you're getting like, you know, your, your choices of like, okay cars and you're moving up from there. But I, I found the game is, it's just the right amount of ridiculous mm-hmm. to keep me invested in it. Like, yeah, there are races, but then I'm also, at one point I was racing a helicopter and then at another point they had these like bucket list challenges where like, okay, I'm, I'm taking this like dune buggy and racing it through the forests. And it was a little bit difficult, like especially to try and figure out the braking system if you're not used to those type of games, but it was fun. Um, I had one of my friends borrow Jackie's Xbox <laughs> just so he could, like, because he played a little bit of Forza with me when he came over, and he was like, I really like this, but I don't have an Xbox. So I was like, okay, we'll take Jackie's because she's not using it. And he bought Xbox Live for three months, bought the game, and the two of us played for like three hours together. But I, by myself, played like a good like three hours by myself, which is surprising. Um, they like you're constantly leveling up, which is like a perfect thing for me in that game. Yeah, yeah. Like every little thing you do, drifting, um, drafting, destruction, which I'm really good at, and I shouldn't be. <laughs> um, continually levels you up, and then when you level up, every now and then you get like spin the wheel. And you spin a wheel, and it's like, here's free money or a free car. Uh, there's perks that you could put on um, where it's like, hey, you get more points for destruction or drafting, or you know, we'll make it so you know your contract gets you more fans, more fans open more events or more money. 
Um, and then there was a an auction house, which was really sweet. And forgive me if like other games have done this, and I'm sure that they have. But like one of my dream cars is an Audi R8. It's like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar car, so that's why they call it a dream car. Right, right, yeah, totally. Um, and people are like in the community are like, well, I'm now a, like a bajillionaire, so I'm going to sell this car that I got, and they put it up for like. 50,000 credits and like I had at the time like 450,000 but if you look like the McLarens and some of the like the Lamborghinis are like 2 million Mm -hmm. so I got like a ways to go (laughs) but I really wanted this one car and so I was in a bidding like an eBay bidding war with this other player like I had the high bid then he had the high bid so I ended up spending like if I wanted to buy it outright I could for like 250,000 but I only spent like 90 on it and I won the bid and now I got to like paint my car the right shade of awesome (laughs) <laughs> and now I'm like rolling around in it. It's like so like as far as surprises go, like I know like for you right now, you're like surprise of the year for you is probably Battlefield. Yeah, for sure. My Sforza. That's it's cool. Really fun. It's awesome. I gotta jump in and play a little bit of it. I mean I played a little bit of it, but I need to get into it. And I also downloaded a bunch of the music from the game on my phone. Here that's a theme for you today. Yes. Downloading game music onto your phone. I have a lot of game music on my phone. Hmm. This is a habit. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, really quick for me, I finished Gears. Um, the the last mission in Gears Four is fucking awesome. Awesome, it's so cool. It's like ultimate power fantasy uh, realized type of thing. After the just quickly after like the middle part where you're like, oh, I'm playing Gears of War again, yeah. and I think it drags out just a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. At the end, they're like, we know, yeah, we know. Here's <laughs> this really awesome bit. Yeah, and it is really really awesome. Uh. The ending is one of those things where it's it's even more abrupt than the abrupt Halo endings. Uh, so then they give you this this kind of iconography that's supposed to be like, oh my god, look at this thing. I definitely had to Google what it was after it was over because I had no idea what they were trying to tell me was this big, huge revelation. Um, for you, Hugh, have you you played a little bit of the Skyrim Special Edition? Um, uh, yeah, I think probably a good. I'd say maybe 10 hours into it. Jeez, now. man. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Skyrim. It's just one of those deep, dark holes that just sucks <laughs> you in. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a funny thing. It's one of those um, sort of... It's nothing more than like a, a graphical upgrade, to be honest. And, you know, there's the textures in it are really nice. There's a lot more, like um depth to the like the grass on the on the scenery and the fog and the mountains look a bit more crisp and stuff like that um and i'm i'm both pleased and disappointed that they've managed to keep skyrim's and bethesda's typical um just crazy glitchy quirky things in it um like I was about an hour into the game and like I was in a mission and I walk into like this bar place and there's this guy sat sat there and he's got a plate of food in front of him and I walk up to him and I just press X to talk to him and he's like, who are you? What do you want? And then with that, his plate of food just starts jumping around the table all over the place like his his bread roll just flies off in one direction and his plate's just like bouncing around the table. And I was just like, this is freaking ridiculous. Like this game's been out for, when When did Skyrim come out? Like probably about 2011. Like, yeah. Like 
a while ago and yeah. they still haven't like bothered to just go yeah we should we should maybe like you know fix this up a bit well but... what they've said about those games is that they can't fix them like there's mm. no way uh, okay. there's no way to fix the bugs that show themselves those yeah. kind of bugs they're unable to fix because the kind of worlds mm. they're creating these kind of giant clockwork worlds where yeah there's just all of these npcs having all of their own behaviors and movements mm. they would have to sacrifice that to fix bugs like that and they're not willing to do that so yeah that makes sense yeah um but, but it's yeah, skyrim it, it is Skyrim, and I, I've I've been having a great time with it. Like um, like Justin was saying about like um, like Dark Souls and XCOM moments. Like I was, I was sort of like level four, and I'm like trudging up to the mountains to go and learn some dragon speak and in start learning my shout and stuff. I'm walking up the mountain, and you know, haven't come across any like enemies or wolves or anything like that. And all of a sudden, this big fucking yeti thing just appears out of nowhere uppercuts me one hit kills me and just sends me flying down the mountain and i was just like shit i'd forgotten how like unforgiving this game could be at times um and then i also went and bought myself a horse which just triggered this ridiculously annoying slash hilarious chain of events so I, i bought a horse and went off to do a side mission where i had to go into like a cave to kill this um like the head of this group of bandits so i left my horse outside the cave go into the cave kill this dude come out and my horse had moved so it was basically perfectly positioned so if i got onto the horse the game thought i wanted to go into the cave and it just triggered like the game obviously just went i don't know what the fuck you want to do mate (laughs) um and once once the loading screen had finished, it basically spawned me um, what looked like about 30,000 feet up in the air. Um, so everything was tiny. I was just floating. So I basically had to go into the menu, load a save. Um, <laughs> that sounds like but, Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't get back on my horse. So I was like, oh, well, screw you, horse. I'm just going to walk. I'll fast travel somewhere. And I'll, you know, I'll finish the mission and I'll carry on going somewhere else. So I finished the mission, started another one, fast traveled to the nearest place to where I needed to go for that mission, spawned, and the horses stood right next to me. Um, So I was like, great, I'll get on the horse now. So riding along on the horse, and then this, like, massive saber-toothed tiger cat thing attacked me. So I jumped down off the horse. The horse just runs off. And I haven't seen the bastard since, so <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that some big animal or a dragon has just eaten the twat because I'm fed up of him now. There's <laughs> uh, so, my door. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, dancing food and annoying horses. Mm-hmm. Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah. You know, Bobby, you asked me if I was going to get Skyrim and mm-hmm. replay it again. I was like, I don't really know if I want to, but God, I kind of want to play Skyrim again now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm having I'm having really good fun with it. I've forgotten like just how like good a game it is. And like uh, coming off the back of like not long having finished um Fallout 4 earlier this year, I I don't know why I'm that surprised by it. And I have played it through I think it was like twice when it first came out. Um but yeah, I mean it it looks great. Like the the graphical upgrade they've done with it is is really good. Um but um, I mean, it's similar to what they've done with. Um, I bought the um, 
Return to Arkham set as well. Um, and I'm like a couple of hours into um, Arkham Asylum. And I, the only thing I'll say about that is it's the same game, but they've, they've done a really good job on um, like making the graphics a lot more crisp for that game. It, it, it looks great. So Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, other thing for me is I played. I only got to play about an hour of the Titanfall Two campaign. I just when I finished Battlefield, I installed it, and then I only got a very little time to, to play it. But uh, what I played so far, I've really enjoyed. Uh, when your first your first thing is you're doing like your tutorial mission, you're like in this VR thing. Um, you're not a you, in the story. You're not a pilot. You're not a Titan pilot. You're like a just an infantryman. But a pilot like sticking under his wing, and he's teaching you like you know how to be a pilot. And he's telling you to like run, how to run, and all this kind of stuff. And one of the, and it pops up this tooltip, and it goes like, uh, "If you want to always move fast, think about turning auto sprint on in the options menu." And I was like, "Okay, let me try this. It's the best thing, like because you you hit the analog stick forward and you run, you're immediately at full sprint. Like there's no not even like a. Does he get tired? No. Like in other games? No, 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 no tired. Mm. Just runs. So that you know what you like because it's like Metal Gear. It's not just like Metal Gear. It's just it, it's a really it reminded me almost of playing um how fast it is on like playing Doom. Yeah. This year because like you, you just when you want to move your gun or move to place place it's just like you're there in an instant. Um, the movement's great there. Even in the first sort of like hour, there's a bunch of platforming, uh, levels uh like puzzles in it and stuff, and those are really fun. Uh, the game feels great. You know the 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 weapons, they're they're very similar to the the first Titanfall if you played it. But um, I've just gotten to the point where I've kind of just got my Titan, so it's still very early on. So I don't have a lot to say about it. But one of the things I love is that uh, the melee, like the melee kill, is you just well you can do executions on them. So you can hold down the stick, and he'll do like one of a few different kinds of assassinations. One of them is just like you sink up behind him and he like you kick him in the back and you take his sidearm and you just shoot him in the head like seven times and then throw the gun away. Just to be sure. Just to be extra stealthy. Because <laughs> you can't do it unless you sneak up on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it alerts people. Like it's like it's like a free sound in, in, in that I love I love video games. In that moment. But when you do the regular melee, you just run up to them and you just punch them like you just punch them and they just go flying they go flying and their blood spurts out and they go flying everywhere and it's a it's a pretty satisfying feeling uh it's a cool game for sure i i'm looking forward to playing more of it and actually being able to dive into it but i just wanted to say that it started it and, and Acc- i love the way it feels accolades on the game have been like off the charts yeah for sure yeah for and sure. same with battlefield yeah and this is the same this is also a year where we got doom and overwatch yeah this is the best year for sure. And I mean, Call of Duty yeah, we'll see is if, what it is. We'll see what Call of Duty. It's at the end of the week, but like, yeah. this has been a fantastic year for shooters. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, Kelsey, I know you want to talk about Batman, but would you mind if we save that for the next episode? Uh, yeah, I could play even the other episodes of Batman. I only played the first one, so it's perfect. That's what I was going to say. I, I want to play two and three as well. I've played one. I haven't played two or three. Maybe next time we okay. come back and we can we can have a discussion about I need to uh, yeah, that as well. I'll, I'll catch up on that as well. Yeah, we'll we'll have a nice group, Batman discussion a next time. A group a group think on the Telltale Batman game. Uh, we're getting close to the end of it too. Four episodes? Is it four? 
Wait, I think it's five. Did four come out? No, I don't think four came out. No, it didn't come out. I'm saying, is, it, are there four or five? Episodes? I would assume f- there's always been five. It's always in five. Those things. Oh, yeah, right. I think it's five. Game of Thrones is special because it's six. Six. Right, but usually it's five. Okay. They said they're all going to be out before the end of the year, so we'll have to Game see. Game of the year. Game, yeah, we'll have to see <laughs> at, at, at that point. Um, we had a couple of quick questions. Just uh, Jeff Beaton on Twitter wants uh, Kelsey and Hugh to throw out their gamer tags if they're willing. No. No? Okay. <laughs> now, I am Hugh Paz, H-U-W-P-A-Z on PSN. All right. Kelsey, what about you? Oh my god, I feel like an idiot. I needed to look this up and I completely forgot. Give me two seconds. I'm going on PlayStation Network. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I wonder, let's see. Uh, I think it's K-H-L-A-V-A-7, but give me... 10 seconds okay i'm gonna look it up <laughs> no problem at all i'm so sorry no it's all right uh, you're fired <laughs> my first shift. it's the last draw um <laughs> and uh sif romo wants to know if we're all playing if we're playing destiny again we talked a little bit last week i'm kind of out of destiny now because of all the games that have been coming out but i was into it for about a month again yeah um, same i mean same with me yeah i will love destiny forever and i will definitely play the hell out of destiny 2 when it comes out mm-hmm. but there's too many video games it's true what about I'm, you i'm not not playing it but currently not I'm, playing it we're we're on a break basically <laughs> oh, um but yeah i need to finish um getting through the the rise of iron content um a little it's bit not that long hue rise of iron yeah, was like mm-hmm. beatable in one sitting I know, but other games came out and I got sidetracked, so, you know, hey-ho. I, I was playing The Division earlier on as well. You're crazy, um, <laughs> Actually, that the update for The Division supposedly makes the game, a, like, a lot more fun. It, like I had um, a really good time. Like, me and my friend Richard, we kind of just sort of every now and then just go on go on there and mess about um it's really good it's um they've basically like the free room is now um divided into four um like different difficulty levels so depending on your gear score um you can go into you can scale up um the difficulty of the world you're in and then you get rewards um that are then relevant to that world so um i basically went from I think I bumped my gear score up by like 40 in like an hour game session earlier on. I, I was just shy of being able to get into like the top tier um, of the new, because of uh, the number four, which is the top one. So they're like, all oh, the enemies are like level 33. Um, and I was just getting um, like just random guys in the street dropping gear set pieces um and you know i think they've done a it seems like they've um gone back and looked at it and um they've made the game so it you feel like you're progressing all the time again maybe i mean it obviously you'll hit there's gonna be you know a wall you hit because you can only go so far but right at the moment yeah from from the little bit i played earlier on it it's it's made it a bit more enjoyable just uh, even just messing around in free roam it was quite enjoyable so cool justin where are you going i was gonna say like good on them for doing this update like you know the D- division was like seriously lagging mm-hmm. like uh, i enjoyed playing it up until i ran out of stuff to do and it's like 
the grind on that game was heavy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it made Destiny's grind look light. Mm. And I'm talking about like early vanilla Destiny. Yeah. So like good on them for realizing like, hey, if we want to turn this sinking ship around, we got to do something. And from everything I've read, like one of my buddies is like trying to get us all to get back into it. And I don't have my copy of the game anymore because <laughs> uh, I trade everything in, you know, when I'm done with it. But it's a big update. It was like, watch this 17-minute video of the changes that we've made. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've been paying attention to Kotaku, and Kotaku is like, yo, this game's, like, fun again. Mm-hmm. And the game was fun when you were playing it. So, I mean, good on them for realizing, like, hey, we need to course correct, hard, like, a hard left turn right now or mm-hmm. this is over. Right. Yeah, because they said um, the the main thinking behind it is they want to make you feel powerful again in the game um and I, th- I i think they've done a good job of that and i think they actually delayed the um final dlc pack um specifically to do this update so it they've they've done it a few times now where they've they've gone back and gone yeah we've we've changed this it's not quite right or this has been like this since the start and we don't we know you don't like it so they you know they're messing around with it so it they you know they've they've done a good job of at least listening to people and changing the game and making it fun for people again. So that's cool. We way to answer his question about destiny by talking about the division for 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> Do you name games? Kelsey, did you, uh, did you figure out your uh, PSN name? Yes, I found it. <laughs> uh, K H L A V A 13. It's not seven. Okay. It's 13. So uh, we'll put we'll put both of those in the show notes, obviously, to, for people to, to check out, um, and you can friend us there. If you do send us friend requests on PSN or wherever, just try to add in like the text, like it's because of talking games or whatever, so that we know it's not just like a a rando person that might have met us in a multiplayer game or something. So oh yeah, please yeah, yeah. absolutely, because that's why I always look for it. If I don't know the name, that's what will have get me accept friend requests is if I see that in it. Because if they're not, they stay they stay in my like pending folder forever until Definitely. i realize who, the, who they are um so yeah so if you guys want to follow us uh you can follow us at talking underscore games on twitter you can email us games at talking if you want to send us some emails we would love 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 to get uh listener questions from from you folks uh twitter or on or via email whatever you want to do uh, please send them in because we want to do kind of listener question focused shows. Yeah, that's becoming a priority for us. Bobby yeah. and I talked about this before we started recording today. Um, we would really like to answer questions. We, you know, we do a second show in our off week. Mm-hmm. Um, we would like, like Bobby said, we'd love to do a whole listener question show. So questions, suggestions, anything, email us, let us know what's going on. Yeah, totally. We would love to hear from you guys and, and, we really want to make you guys a bigger part of this uh we are well the the official extra life day which is playing game marathons for children's hospitals it is happening on saturday november 5th uh i have to work that day so i'm not going to be playing that day my plan is to do a big day on november 19th um and we're going to try as best to coordinate over it doesn't matter it might not be 19th but people will be playing over the next couple of weeks or so to help raise money uh i'll put the information for that uh on the site as well so you can check that out um it's it's a really great cause uh, we raised a good amount of money last year we were like in the top like 50 teams like nationally l- last year or something um so we would love to hit that again um please please anything you can donate would be great and if you want to join the team you can do that too if you want to play uh, you can uh, w- the link. I'll put it in the show notes. You can 
you can join right from that link. You can join our team and play on behalf of, of, of whatever children's hospital that you want. That's part of the children's miracle network. So check that out. Um, I know that, uh, Melissa Megan will be playing, I think this weekend, um, as well. So you can check her out doing that, but yeah, so that we're going to do that. Um, please get in contact with us and, I want to say a big welcome and thank you to Kelsey and Hugh for joining us and, and being a part of this this uh, this operation. Well, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. Like I said, we have more announcements kind of coming down the, the pipe. But until then, we'll see you next time. 